Mildly Interested. I'm Joe Whitefield. In this series focusing on individual personalities and communications, Emma Whitefield and I discuss the nine personality types of the Enneagram for better self-awareness and improved communications with others. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. Welcome to the program. Joe Whitefield, my collaborator, Emma Whitefield, back with you. Happy to be here. In this program where we're talking about personality and communication. We're focusing on Enneagrams and we're going to pick up right now and actually get some detail about the different Enneagram, the different personality types. Mm -hmm. So let's start with Enneagram type number one, Mm -hmm. personality type number one, and it is the perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned before that's the rational, idealistic type. Mm -hmm. They are sometimes called the reformer because they want to make the world a better place. They are ethical, dedicated, reliable, they're also very self-critical, and they can be judgmental, uh, especially when it comes to themselves. They have very high expectations of themselves and other people, so they can be quick to notice imperfections and mistakes, both others and their own. Mm-hmm. Well, we know some ones in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe for the sake of our audience to help you kind of personalize this a little bit or get a, a visual, I've got a list of some names from, from history. Uh, Joan of Arc was uh, said to be a one. Michelle Obama said to be a one. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, Jerry Seinfeld. Good one. <laughs> yeah, Pope John Paul II. Captain Sully Sullenberg. All right. Some people uh, may know. Uh, a couple of actors, Meryl Streep and Harrison Ford. Okay. So it gives you an idea of, uh, again, I don't know if I ever took a test, but <laughs> when, I, when I look up for famous Mm-hmm. Historical ones; uh, those are some names of some people. So, so as I, th- as I think about the ones in our lives, I, sometimes I go, like, "Huh, I could kind of see that a little bit, right?" Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that may help. It may or may not help, but uh, but let's pick up with again this this personality type. Sure, I actually am friends with several people who are type one on the enneagram. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how I have drawn them out in such a large number, but it's been really fun to work through some of this with those people. Yeah, and then and we'll just reiterate that they know you, you've done this, so they know yeah. you're not you haven't typed them no. that way. That's that's y'all know it. And, They've and, done it together. Like I said, um, I work in higher ed. I'm a PhD student, and I am an assistant director at a residence hall for the University of St Andrews. And my team uses this quite a bit. Right. So we have two ones on our team, but this is a, a team discussion we have where we talk about it together. This isn't me, you know, labeling my teammates. Exactly. Exactly. So. So the thing about about a one, we go back to this uh, perfectionist. Mm-hmm. We'll just kind of generally refer to him as the perfectionist or the reformer. Mm-hmm. Like all types, there's the healthy, the average, mm-hmm. and the unhealthy version mm-hmm. of that personality type. And mm-hmm. uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so as you continue, you may draw on some of that. So for our listeners, if they hear this, and perhaps they may resonate with uh, with part of this uh, for themselves or other people in their uh, in their. Uh, work for you know in their work organizations or or families or whatnot so go ahead sure so I love working with ones ones are known for getting the job done Um, they tend to be industrious reliable and well organized Um, one of my friends Zach is always on time always reliable and keeps things in a really neat order and that's really great to have on the team when we can have a messy office (laughs) a messy messy office yeah um I like this. Um, when ones are really healthy, they are committed and driven to helping others reach their potential. 
So they love helping others be the best they can be, do the best job they can be, maximize their performance. But they can become frustrated if they feel that other people are not trying as hard as they are Mm. or trying as hard as they ought to be. That can be really infuriating and result in some resentment or long-held grudges. That's interesting to think about what what you know what motivates them, but also uh, what they see as positive and what they see as negative, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think one of the things we we were talking about off air is the fact that you know if you go to an unhealthy, it's not intentional. People aren't intentional no. anyway. It just sort of comes across that no. way, right? And you can be in a different headspace, average, healthy, unhealthy for a myriad of reasons. If I'm up late and I have deadlines and I've got 10 other crises on the back burner from work, I am not likely to be in a healthy headspace. But on the average week when I'm enjoying work, we've got fun events going on, my research is going well, I've scored a place to talk on a a panel for something or other, I'm probably in a better, healthier headspace. Better version of yourself for Mm -hmm. that that particular day. Sure. Okay, so do you want to say more about a one? Sure. Um, Sometimes in the workplace, ones may have a hard time with decision-making if they're worried about making the right or wrong decision. So it's good to be open and ask if anybody wants to talk things through. Sometimes people want to and sometimes people don't. Um, That tends to work out really well for us in our office. Um, One of the interesting things about being a one is when they experience anger, they want to push that emotion down because it's not productive or seen as helpful or good for ones. And so sometimes that anger just simmers underneath, and then it can explode and spill over onto unexpecting people. Oh, wow. Um, And my friend and colleague, Zach, is a very self-aware one, and he knows that that can happen. And so he had a very particularly frustrating experience working with a student, found it incredibly frustrating, pushed it all down, was very professional, calm, and helpful in the moment, Um, And instead of going right back home to his apartment where his friends were, he came to my apartment. We lived just across the hall. He came to my apartment first and said, I've got to vent to you for two minutes and then I can go home. I said, that's fine. Because we work together, I get the frustration he's having. But if he were to have just gone home with his unsuspecting friends over there, he Mm -hmm. might have just spewed his anger or frustration or had it eke out in smaller ways and it would seem to be channeled towards his friends. Very interesting. The idea is that you put some steps in your life to when, when you drift in the unhealthy. It's like okay, I know I need to do this, and particularly if you've got friends and other people you can count on uh, to help you manage that. That seems like a, a pretty good little takeaway, a little 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 nugget there is to find the ways when you feel yourself going the wrong way. How do I how do I write that or or get that in check? Absolutely. Um, I think a fun example of a one is also thinking about Monica Monica from Friends. She Uh doesn't always tell her friends that she loves them, but she does things like tidy their flat. Um, One time she explicitly says she's being nice to Joey because she closes his shower curtain so it doesn't get mold on it. (laughs) So she likes to do things and be helpful and knows that things should be done like that the correct way and, you know, helps people do that. So Monica's a one. Monica's probably a one. Good. Well, let's, let's uh, transition, but as we close out this section mm-hmm. of one, I think you've got uh, kind of a good uh, place to sum this one up for us. Yes. Um, so as we mentioned, the path between us um, in the opening episode by Suzanne Stabila, mm-hmm. she um, has a little passage at the end of each chapter that I think is quite interesting. Great. Um, so for ones, she says that... Uh, After all is said and done, perhaps more than any other number, one struggle to accept the reality that there are certain things they just have to accept. 
Here are some things ones need to keep in mind. You can have people in your life who get you, other ones or others who understand ones. You can be gracious when other people don't do the things the way you think they should be done. And you can seek perfection, but know that you can't have it. Perfection is momentary, and then something will shift and everything changes. And then she concludes, but you can't have inner peace if you continue to commit to an ever-rising set of internal standards for yourself. And you can't change how others see the world or see a problem. And you can't live in a world where everyone attends to details in the same way you do. So you need to accept that your way is not the only right way and that some things, perhaps many things, may be good enough the way they are and that you are good just as you are. I like that. That's a again, helpful sort of uh, uh, notes and as, as you reflect about uh, if, you, if you are one and you think about that. I think that's pretty good. Very, yeah. very good. Very good. Let's transition to uh, personality type two, the helper, okay. uh, the caring interpersonal type. Tell mm-hmm. us more about that. So, twos are warm, caring, giving, and motivated by a need to be loved and really the need to be needed. They are very relationship-driven, so much so to the extent that they can deny or ignore their own needs or desires and solely aim to fulfill the needs and desires of others. So I had a list of people, um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I know where I got the list, but uh, here's here's where I, here, here's who they are. Eleanor Roosevelt was listed as a as a two. Mm-hmm. Lionel Richie. Okay. Danny Glover. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> uh, Danny Thomas. That's interesting. You may not know who Danny Thomas is, but uh, uh, St. Jude's. He did a lot of work, a lot okay. of charity work, things like that. So uh, he'll he'll be known for it. And he was an entertainer. So. Um, a lot, a lot of good stuff there. From uh, Richard Thomas, who from the old days was John Boy Walton from The Walton Show. Again, you wouldn't know who that is, but some of our listeners might know John Boy Walton. Fair enough. And then Josh Groban. Okay. So kind of a strange <laughs> list of, uh, of of entertainers and musicians. But Definitely. Again, a few, maybe a name in there. Uh, maybe uh, we'll see who else you may know of some others that may come up. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about the twos. Sure. So, two sometimes have a hard time creating boundaries. They have a hard time saying no to other people, hmm. and they're very intuitive. They can quickly tell what you need or what they can do to help you, and so they quickly can put that in motion. But sometimes they feel resentment if you don't do the same for them or if other people can't anticipate or intuit the need of the two. Hmm. Um, and so that can be really interesting. One of my best friends is a two, and she is so sweet. Um, she just had a baby two days ago, uh-huh. and yesterday was my birthday, and she called. She's one of the first people I heard from. She had just had a baby the day before, and she called and wanted to make sure that I felt loved and cared for by her and supported by her, and then I just said, I can't believe you're calling. You know, how are you feeling? And she said, it was hard, and I'm feeling it today, but that's okay. I said, that's what I said after my first kickboxing class, you know, so she <laughs> is minimizing her own pains and needs and making sure to take care of my needs. Very selfless. Loved. Very yes. selfless. That's, I mean, at, a, uh, at an ex- I'll say an extreme level for a five, that sounds, <laughs> you know, that sounds like quite unfathomable. A, unfathomable, exactly. So very generous, uh, people-pleasing, and but again, uh, a lot wrapped up in the term helper there. 
Definitely. Um, And with the need to be needed, sometimes I think when you hear helper and people-pleasing, you get the idea of an emotional sponge where people bring all their problems and they just help or an emotional doormat that they just walk over. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, Author Richard Rohr, who is very big in the world of Enneagram, talks about a secretary that he had who was a two. And he said that her need to be needed, she met that by being the most competent person in the office. So his office couldn't run without her, and she was needed for her competence. Okay. So just channeling or, you know, channeling that that need into something very productive. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So that's kind of a really interesting example because it shows that these types manifest in different ways. Right. So you can't just walk around and go two, 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 or one, one, one. Right. You see someone who's super competent, and after listening to our conversation about one, you might be thinking, oh, they're detail-oriented, that's a one. But here, um, the secretary was talking about her need to be needed, and right. her competency is what get, what helped her meet that. So that personality type, I've read somewhere else, so we, again, we think about personality type, it just said this, uh, describe it more than a personality type called the identity. Mm-hmm. Of the person, right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, the type two is, is is like this is their identity. So again, that sounds like that's speaking a little bit more the need to be needed, uh, motivated to help people, but it's serving a, a a deeper need part of their maybe their identity or their makeup a little bit more so than just hey, this is just how I express myself. It's a little perhaps a little deeper than that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Interesting that you just dis- that you distinguish between the one and the two because again, we're talking about the perfectionists and they do a lot again a lot of people do things for other people right but this one has a uh, very specific sort of uh, helper intention uh, generous people pleasing perhaps uh, but very caring and Absolutely. On, on the healthy side just very 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 caring mm-hmm. interesting interesting sometimes they have a hard time asking for help so in a work setting um, they could be quick to volunteer to take on extra tasks or things like that uh, because they want to be needed, yeah. not because they necessarily want to do that task or even have the time or emotional or energy capacity to take on that task. So they could take on more than they have the capacity for. Mm-hmm. And They have a hard time asking for help if they need it. That's a big one. They don't like admitting that they need help because they feel that they are the need meter and the need filler. I think that's a tremendous thing, that if you're the, if you're the giver... And then, and that, and that's your, 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 your role, your mm-hmm. identity, right? And, and and that you serve, to be on the receiving end is uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they may even have a hard time articulating what they need. Um, and so sometimes the best thing you can say to it too is, um, I want to help you. Why don't you take a minute, have a think about the best way for me to help you? And okay. when I come back at the end of the day, or in five minutes, or in however long. You know, you can tell me what I can do to help you. Wow. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. So let's bring twos to a, to a close. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got a little bit more information for us to help, help us kind of, kind of sum up the situation with a two. Definitely. Twos are amazing people. They are really thick and thin friends. They'll be there with you and they're committed to you, which is great. Um, so with kind of that in mind... We'll turn back to the path between us and see what uh, Suzanne has to say. Okay. When talking about twos, she says that you can learn to accept that healthy relationships are reciprocal and learn the value of both giving and receiving. She also says you can learn to commit to fewer relationships and enjoy them more and learn to meet your needs from the inside out instead of from the outside in. But you can't 
Expect other Enneagram numbers to sense and meet your needs before you name them. And you can't find the security you look for in relationships until you learn to find satisfaction in doing some things independently. So you'll need to accept that other people are meeting your needs in their own way. It may not be the way you would do it, but it can be just as good. And you are well-loved, and you are worthy of being loved, and you are wanted. And that is not dependent on what needs you fill in others' lives. Good insight. Good insight. Mm-hmm. Well, let's transition to personality type three. Mm-hmm. The performer. Absolutely. Um, we said before, this is the success-oriented pragmatic type. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some crazy list of people, but give us a little bit more than uh, sure. more definition here. Um, sometimes the type three, the performer, is referred, referred to as the achiever. Okay. They are adaptable. They care about efficiency and completing tasks. They are success-oriented. They tend to be image-conscious, and they strive for both success and appearing successful. So they don't do a lot of work behind the scenes. I would say they're likely to have the big corner office. So here's a crazy list of mm-hmm. people. It has a, a pretty interesting list of names. Uh, Augustus Caesar. Okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oprah Winfrey. Michael Jordan. Taylor Swift. My girl. Tiger Woods. And Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. So again, uh, I thought that, again interesting. So you can think about think about these as, as performers, achievers, mm-hmm. success oriented. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it seems like makes some sense. Or, you know, a lot of those make some sense just kind of right out of the you know right off the top there. But uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, about a three. Sure. Um, when the idea of a performer, I think one of the things I think about is somebody who's good in all kinds of situations. Right. I've got a friend who's in a pretty fancy high up job with the university he's just a step below he's the executive officer to our uh, the vice chancellor which is really cool Um, but he thrives in all kinds of situations he is great in serious solemn ceremonies that he has to take part in Mm -hmm. but he can be lively and chatty at any social gathering he's kind of a social chameleon and could talk to anyone about anything and that's where you get the idea of a performer Mm. they're often really charming and people you know, really tend to like them up front. Very social, very... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, okay. And they like to be seen to be successful, and they like to kind of project that, because that is, they're so driven to be successful and to make plans and goals and to tick those off their list. Mm-hmm. So what would maybe an unhealthy three look like? Right, so sometimes threes, because of their performer or their social chameleon vibe... They can try to be who you want them to be instead of being who they really are. Oh, wow. So wow. if they value you or respect you, they want to meet your expectations, even if it may not really be centered with who they are. Okay. All right. You can see where that might be uh, you know, very problematic, mm-hmm. you know, and again, unhealthy and, and not deceiving, but again, problematic with relationships, right? Yes, unhealthy threes can be very deceptive. They are good at having a positive spin on things, so they make it seem like things are going okay or that they're doing well, even if they're not. So they may have a very hard time admitting that they need help or that they're not meeting their deadlines or their goals. So I think about this not only in other relationships, but you think about people that, you know, like your children and your families. Again, mm-hmm. no, because you want people to have very positive, healthy, emotional health, right? Definitely. Things like that. So that, that to me kind of sounds a little red flagish, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that people struggle with it. If you struggle with that kind of thing, that, that could be one of those real self-defeating type things that could 
could could really build up and and um, is, what do you think about that? That's definitely true, and it's hard to find a balance. Yeah. Um, threes because they need validation and for others to see the work they're doing, they have to make sure they get it. Um, I have another friend who's in a very high-powered, successful position, never gets praise from his boss, hardly yeah. ever. But when he comes home and we have group dinners and he talks about his day, the rest of us are so impressed by all the things he does. He you know, shows up in the office at 6 in the morning and stays till 8 at night. Right. And so we certainly validate him and the work he puts in. Wow. Very interesting insight. Very interesting insight. Yes. Well, let's bring threes to a, to a wrap here. What is um, What do we have from... That's the bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, after all is said and done, threes contribute to the lives of other people by helping them define and reach their potential. Threes are quick and smart, and they get things done. But here are some things for threes to keep in mind. Okay. You can learn to move from emotional appearance to emotional depth. You can slow down, make friends, and enjoy activities that don't have an expected outcome or tangible takeaway. And you can learn to enjoy success without connecting it to your value as a human being. But you can't protect yourself personally by becoming over-identified with groups or projects that you are a part of. And you can't be loved for who you are if you don't let people in and share at least some of your vulnerabilities. So you'll need to accept that your work is not your whole identity. Roles are both deceptive and protective. And there are no quick and easy solutions to hurt feelings and missed opportunities. A lot of good things to think of there. Well, this is going to uh, conclude this particular episode as we've talked about the uh, personality types one, two, and three. I mm-hmm. uh, hope you've gotten some from that. If you uh, will stay with us, we'll have the next episode. We'll continue on with the Enneagram. Absolutely.